Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Carrie Lake is the rightful governor of Arizona. She had the election stolen from her by Katie Hobbs in 2022, and it was a mirror image of the stolen presidential election in 2020. Carrie Lake was a journalist a TV news anchor for about three decades almost. She stepped down from this job at a Phoenix television station in 2021 and announced that she would try to become the governor of Arizona. And she did win that election. Her announcement that she was leaving the news media was a pretty controversial one. She criticized the entire media field and said that the media is lying to people. It is purposely trying to stoke fear. It leaves out important facts that would really help people understand the full story. The media tells people what to think instead of simply reporting the news and letting the people decide what they believe. Carrie Lake was on the inside of all this, and she thought it was wrong. This violated her conscience, her morals, and so she did the right thing and she left that media job. She has been a staunch supporter of Donald Trump. She never conceded her so-called election loss in 2022 in Arizona. And she is fighting in the courts just like Donald Trump is to try to expose the fraud. It's amazing just to read some of the excuses made for what happened in that election in Arizona the, the people who believe that the election was fair or the people who are lying saying that the election was fair actually present all the truth you need to know that proves the election was stolen. It's just absolutely incredible. I mean, these people are trying to cover up a massive steal a major problem in the United States of America today, the fact that our we do not have free and fair elections anymore. And even despite trying to cover it all up, these communists accidentally expose themselves. Now, in Arizona... Carrie Lake lost by about 17,000 votes. Meanwhile, (laughs) there were 33,000 voters 
who voted Republican in other parts of the ballot, but not for the governor. So Carrie Lake loses by 17,000, and yet there are 33,000 people who vote for all the other Republicans except for Carrie Lake, and they happen to vote for the Democrat as governor instead. That is identical to what happened to Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election. Not only that, 11% of Arizona Republicans voted for Hobbs, apparently. Supposedly, as this country is being torn apart by the radical left, 11% of Arizona Republicans voted for the Democrat. There was massive voter disenfranchisement in this election. Ballots were printed too lightly to be read by the machines. There were so many problems with the voting machines that there were huge lines at polling stations all over the state, primarily in Republican areas. And so people who did want to vote couldn't vote unless they waited in line for multiple hours. The signature verification process was shoddy at best. And yet, the left will tell you there's no evidence whatsoever that the election was rigged. No evidence whatsoever that the outcome would have been different if the conditions for the election would have been right. It's just astounding the way these people will look you in the face and lie no matter what, no matter how absurd the lie is. All these printer failures in Arizona affecting ballot printing in that Arizona governor election, and yet you're told, well, don't worry about it. Forget about what actually happened here. Those printers made no difference. The voting machines made no difference. Now, Carrie Lake, just for arguing correctly that all of these factors swung the election the wrong way, has been ordered to pay fines. She has been ordered to not to concede the election, basically, by paying fines for even contesting the election. Here's someone who wants to deport illegal immigrants, and build the wall. She wants to ban abortion. This is someone who really would do some solid things if she were in office right now. Carrie Lake is the rightful governor of Arizona. Joshua Roman is a world-class cellist. At just 22 years old, he became the Seattle Symphony's principal cellist. 
he puts on awe-inspiring performances. One review says, Roman's outstanding performance of the cello concerto is the disc's highlight. This is talking about a CD. He combines the expressive control of Cascals with the creative individuality and virtuoso flair of Hendrix himself. Joshua Roman travels the country, performing on the cello, and really showcasing the very best of human achievement. His awards list is extensive. Now, you might be wondering, why am I bringing up Carrie Lake and Joshua Roman? Well, both of these highly influential, successful people were on the campus of Herbert W. Armstrong College here in Edmond, Oklahoma, just last Tuesday. On the same day, we had a notable political figure come onto campus and be interviewed on the Trumpet Daily with Mr. Stephen Flurry. And then we also had Joshua Roman come and perform a cello concert for the first event of the 25th season of the Armstrong International Cultural Foundation Concert Series. Now, both of these events are vital ways of doing God's work. <laughs> One of them is a political figure. The other is a musician. Why are we interviewing political figures? We just recently had Michael Flynn come to campus. Now we've had Carrie Lake. Why are we having concerts on campus? What do political figures and musicians have to do with God's work? Well, both of them are open doors. Just think about what happens with God's work when we interview someone like Michael Flynn or Carrie Lake. These people have a major following. They're very close to Donald Trump, who might just be the most popular president of all time. And every time we interview one of those people, our message, God's message, gets out to a much larger audience. More and more people find out about God's work thanks to those interviews. And not only that, but we are commanded in the Bible, Luke 21, verse 36, to watch and pray about events in the world, even events in the church. But who better to tell us the inside story of America under attack than two premier victims of that attack by the radical left? The radical left has tried to ruin Michael Flynn's life by trying to bankrupt him with lawsuits. They framed him. They smeared him. They caused him to lose his job in the Trump administration after just a few weeks. And yet Michael Flynn will be coming back when Donald Trump comes back. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, Carrie Lake had an election stolen from her in Arizona. As this country falls further and further from the ideals of the Founding Fathers and becomes more and more of a dictatorship, Michael Flynn and Carrie Lake have suffered personally as America is under attack. These people are suffering the consequences directly, and they can tell us what it's like. They can alert us to what's really going on behind the scenes. And really, when we expose how America is under attack, we expose the devil himself. This is all related to the prophecy of the Bible and the events that are prophesied to take place before the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is exactly what God's work is supposed to be talking about. And so we interview these people, and we get God's message in front of a larger audience as a witness to them. They can hear God's truth. They can hear God's message. They can come into contact with God's work. And at that point, they can decide whether they want to continue listening to God's voice. Now, the concerts, these world-class musicians showcasing their talents at Armstrong Auditorium are also a vital part of God's work. And as you can imagine, <laughs> an artsy, musical-type audience is probably very different from a right-wing political audience. We're reaching very different types of people through these different aspects of God's work. Now, these concerts showcase the very highest potential of the human spirit. What a human mind can do when focused on a productive outlet. The human mind is meant to think, act, and reason like the mind of God. And even people who don't know God can powerfully use their minds for productive pursuits. God has infinite mind power. We humans have so much more mind power than we realize, and we can use our minds a lot more than we do, probably. But who really use their, uses their minds more than a musician? to memorize large pieces of music and to master them, to be able to play music after just hearing it, they can replicate it on their instrument. I've never even understood how they can do that. Musicians really use their minds. And it just shows we are so vastly superior to the animals and there has to be a reason why we humans are capable of so much. And it has everything to do with God's purpose for us. The reason why God created us. We have mind power because we have a God-like mind. And we have the potential to use that mind to eventually renew and beautify the earth and the universe. So when people come to concerts at Armstrong Auditorium, they are uplifted, they are encouraged, they see the vision 
of what they can become. They see someone who has dedicated a lifetime to mastering a musical instrument, and they think, you know what? Maybe I should invest my time better. Maybe I should try to achieve more with my life. And that's what God wants all of us to be motivated to do. Use our time right. Produce as much as we can. Achieve the mastery in a particular area. God loves it when we are inspired to do such things. And that's what our concert series motivates people to do. It's a beautiful thing. But both of these things, having influential political figures come to campus, hosting world-class musicians, both of these activities are open doors from God. And ultimately, this is exactly what identifies God's work today. We actually are proving where Jesus Christ is working by holding these different activities on God's campus. And that's a pretty incredible fact. Notice, you can just look at some promises from God in the Bible that will reveal where Jesus Christ is working today. Matthew 16, verse 18, is a foundational promise that says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Somewhere out there, Jesus Christ is leading a church, a church that would never die. Matthew 16, verse 18, God's church is still around today. Now, how do we find it? It's one church. It's not tens of thousands of different church denominations. It's one church. And there's a very simple sign that identifies where God's church is today. Notice Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. That's Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. Jesus Christ provides God's one true church with an open door. An open door that neither a billion men nor a billion demons can ever shut. Only God can open or shut the door. Now, what is this open door for in God's church? Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry recorded a Key of David program titled The Open Door Identifies God's Work. And he said in this program, now Christ himself opens this door, and he has here in this very end time 
the key of David, which, of course, is the greatest vision in all the Bible. But he opens a door and really challenges the skeptics and the critics and everybody else and says he opens that door and no one can shut it. So the open door in God's church is a door through which the key of David message is delivered. Mr. Joe Flurry's television program is called The Key of David. As Mr. Flurry said here, this is the greatest vision in the Bible. The Key of David vision. It shows us our future in the God family, ruling with Jesus Christ over the earth and the universe forever, and helping billions of sons be born into the God family. This is a vision that includes all mankind, past, present, and future. All of us have an opportunity to enter the God family. That's the message that God's work gets out there today. And whenever we receive an open door, we walk through it. Sometimes we have an open door that allows us to interview Carrie Lake or to host Joshua Roman for a concert and to help people be encouraged and to see God's way of life in action in these terrifying times. Very different types of open doors, but really it's all for that one purpose, getting the key of David vision out there. God's way of life is all about family, people who come to this campus, people who tune into our message, learn about family. God is a family. We have a chance to be a part of his family. Notice Revelation 3, verse 21. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. So just like Jesus Christ overcame the devil, so must we. And we can rule with Christ from his throne on this earth. It's on this earth, though. It's not up in heaven. Christ is going to come down to earth to meet us. It's very different from what traditional Christianity says. Mr. Flurry says, God is fully in control here. Jesus Christ is fully in control. You see, they're the ones who open the doors. They're the ones who keep the doors open. Sometimes they'll shut the doors if we don't walk through in faith and deliver God's message through the open door. But notice why God's church has the open door. Revelation 3 verse 8 gives two reasons why we have the open door. The first reason, you have kept my word. The second reason, you have not denied my name. Mr. Flurry comments on this here in this Key of David television program. These are the two simple reasons why we have the open door. So really, it's just a matter of believing God's truth, keeping his word, obeying his law, 
we hold on to the truth that God reveals to us. We value the truth of the Bible. But also, we have not denied God's name. As Mr. Fleury explains, name means authority. We keep God's law. We uphold God's government, which implements that law. And it takes childlike humility to do this. People who are arrogant and stubborn and rebellious will never submit to God's government. They will never care about keeping God's law. And so as long as God's church obeys the law, submits to the government, cherishes revealed truth, we will continue to have an open door. Whether it's hosting a political figure or hosting a musician, whatever way we can get God's message, the key of David message out there, God will continue to provide those open doors. As long as we cherish the truth, as long as we obey the law, and as long as we uphold God's government. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.